G'day humans, how's it going? Chris Funder here for another edition of Wrestling Old Style. But I've called in the big guns when news breaks. you got to look to the man in charge. you got to look to the son of the boss man. Alex, how you going, mate? Son of the boss man, hey? <laughs> well, your father is the boss man. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. So does that make me Dijak, since he kind of looks like Big Boss Man Jr. now? Um... I suppose, yeah, now that he's lost the mask. <laughs> yeah, and now that he's got the goatee and the big aviators and he keeps talking about serving justice, like, come on, Dijak is the Big Boss Man now. So you just wait until until Dijak feuds with Bron Breaker and it turns out that Bron Breaker has an actual dog and that's why he barks, and then Dijak makes Bron Breaker eat his dog. <laughs> We're going full squirkle here. Not only WCW references, but WWF. Oh, boy. Um, Do we start with breaking news, then talk uh, the Tokyo Dome show, the Noah show, and I guess uh, New Year's Evil? <laughs> Why the fuck did you make me watch that? But yeah, yeah, let's talk about the breaking news. Uh, so was it last Wednesday or Thursday? Uh, Vince McMahon returns to the boards of directors with George Barrios and Michelle Williams back on the board. And uh, two Have other you people... seen pictures of George Barrios's hair? I he, do he's the know. weirdest. The weirdest looking fucker I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> How does someone's f- fucking hairline start all the way up like that? And how does his hair strictly grow upwards and not fall down? His uh, hair is fucked. There's a photo of him with a goatee that you specifically need to find on Google Images, and you'll find it. Uh, Hang on. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Trust me, this you'll one? know it. This one? Yeah, look <laughs> at his fucking head! <laughs> what uh, the fuck is that? <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm guessing it's a toupee of some kind? Like, how did... Yeah, but, like, it's not even sitting on his head properly. It's, like, placed on top of it, if it is a toupee. It's not... It looks like a Lego figure's haircut. Yeah, like, it looks like one of those cone heads from the movie decided, oh, to, <laughs> just decided to just put a fucking wig on the very tip of their cone head. And they've still got all that forehead. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh... Vince, George Barrios, Michelle Williams back. Uh, three other people left the board, and then two of the people who were on the board who were in charge of the investigation in Vince quit. So uh, two new board members have to be chosen. And then uh, have you seen the breaking news from this morning in regards to the board? Yes, yes. A certain uh, billion-dollar princess. Yes, uh, Stephanie McMahon, not only taking... Uh, resuming her leave of absence, but uh, uh, quitting, <laughs> resigning from the board of directors and her roles in the company. Outrageous. What is going on? Um, uh, the one thing I was I felt positive about was the fact that she still specifically mentioned Triple H 
as the head of creative, basically. So yeah. for the love of God, please, Vince, just, yeah, sit there, do all the business shit. Let Triple H run the creative, please. Yeah, I'm just having a quick look on some other uh, news sites because there was a lot of rumours as uh, WWE was live that uh, a sale of WWE might be announced, but I haven't seen it from anyone credible yet. No, no, but there was the rumour last week that a sale could happen in the next three to six months. Uh, Um, Meltzer's reported Nick Khan is now sold. CEO of WWE. My God, it's happening. The Battle of the Khans. <laughs> I mean, yes. Oh, uh, goodness. Um, what I if s- Steph joins AEW as the new chief branding officer? <laughs> I mean... Do it, Steph. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I'm looking at uh, Meltzer and Pollux and Denise Salcedo and Post Wrestling and Wrestling Observer and nothing at least has broken in regards to the sale other than uh, some of them hinting at major news coming in the next 24 hours. Yeah, the rumor, the number one rumoured buyer is the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Now, I suppose... Uh, this being rumour, we can uh, discuss this a little bit. What will that mean for the women and uh, the wrestlers who are LGBTQ plus? Uh, like, a, I, I uh, would honestly assume. Girl? Yeah, I would honestly assume business as usual, because what this Saudi Arabian thing tends to do is they buy up these brands and they just let let it run business as normal by whoever else is like whoever was previously sort of running it. Because that's what they've done with uh, Newcastle United in the EPL. Oh, so it's the same group who owns Newcastle. Yeah. And basically the same group that bought Cristiano Ronaldo to a Saudi Arabian (laughs) team. Ronaldo goes to play Saudi Arabia. Messi wins World Cup. It's not yeah, even an then, argument anymore, is it? <laughs> no, it's fucking not. Like, Ronaldo's is going to be playing in basically a farmer's league. Um, uh, it says Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund. Yeah, that's it. Yep, oh. that's the proper name. Okay, well, this is... Oh, okay, the Crown Prince is, a, is the uh, chairman of that... Uh, particular investment fund Mm-hmm. oh so okay well that one seems pretty legit oh they're part of uh live golf with greg norman oh god yeah hasn't that just been nothing mm. and well remember the, all those rumors years ago that vince wanted to buy newcastle united holy fuck yeah i do remember that <laughs> <laughs> Shit, because they all came out. They all came out again around the same time Tony Khan announced um, AEW because it's like, oh, the Khans run Fulham. Remember when Vince wanted to buy Manchester United? Yeah. Uh, doesn't oh, what club is it in the 
uh, Premier League that has a statue of Michael Jackson out the front. Not a statue of a player, but a statue of Michael Jackson. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. It's just like one of those weird things because he played at whatever stadium it is and they're just like, let's put up this statue. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, I I don't know what's going to happen in the next 24 hours. I didn't see Vince coming back. And uh, full disclosure, we have recorded the Wazzies. Yeah. uh, Which is why I didn't have time to... uh, tape last week because I recorded the Wazzies by the time that was edited. Um, oh my god, the Michael Jackson statue's out the front of the Fulham FC grounds. Oh, it is Fulham, okay. Craven <laughs> <laughs> Cody. Cody Khan. Yeah, not, not the uh, best decision, but uh, I'm just having a look at our uh, predictions and none of us uh, surprisingly none of us mentioned uh, Vince coming back to WWE or a sale of WWE this year. It was, you know, how I originally was going to have 15 questions that you were going to predict. That was one of them. And I cut it because I was like, because as we we're about to record it, the rumors started circulating. So I thought it was too easy of a question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the, the next 24 hours. We're recording this at a 3 p.m. Eastern on uh, the 11th. So, uh, yeah, nothing is broken yet. I'm keeping an eye on uh, on things as uh, we look over, but um, nothing yet. Who knows? Maybe something will break by the time we, uh, we finish. Uh, where do you want to go now? Because... Um, Oh boy. Um, I suppose we can chat briefly about PWG Bowler, but to me, they still don't do VOD. They still do tape trading DVD. They can't. Yeah, they they can't. They never have, and they've never been allowed to, because they would bring in people that had like television contracts. Yep. And now it's kind of like. I don't think it would be an issue anymore, but now it's kind of the tradition. They're like the hard-to-get, like, secret underground fucking indie group, so they've just stuck with it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like something that we should be considering for, like, match of the year candidates and event candidate of the year candidates, and it's like the same problem I have with some of the Aussie companies, where it's like your VOD, or in this case, your... Uh, VHS isn't released for so long. <laughs> yeah. Like, by the time we get around to it, it's like, you're out of the loop. All the talks died down of your company again. Yep. Uh, now, anything of note you want to mention from Bowler? Yeah. Uh, Chris Jericho wrestled a match in PWG. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, a, what the flying fuck world do we live in right now? It's yeah, it's what, so weird. What was your tweet saying something about we're only seven days into the new year? Yeah, uh, hang on, let me quickly pull it up uh, because, yeah, it, it sort of dawned on me everything that was going on. Um, yeah, so the tweet was, so far in 2023, Sasha Banks debuted in New Japan, Omega won a New Japan title, Omega and Okada team together. 
Vince returned to WWE, a sale of WWE is almost a certainty, and Jericho wrestles for PWG. It's been nine days. <laughs> yeah, well, two more days. Oh, so you put that out on the knife. Yeah. <laughs> two more days later, and uh, Stephanie leaves the company, and... Uh... <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I'll... um. I'll I'll revisit that tweet with a updated one at the end of the month. So yeah, how much crazy shit's happened in thirty one days. Yeah, I mean, anything else of note for you from Bowler from the uh, small clips you saw online or photos or talk? Uh not not that I've seen. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a bit of a spectacle. The Jericho wrestled in PWG outrageous with the entire JAS, by the way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, yeah, interesting talking point. But again, uh, same as before, it's like if this isn't available for me to watch, it's not really much of a talking point. Uh, I suppose before we go to uh, uh, the two big Japanese shows, anything of uh, AEW for you to touch on? Okay, so I've seen a lot of people be like, oh, it's not going to be Mercedes being, um, being Sarai's partner. Oh, wow, wow. It clearly is going to be Mercedes. Just because they said it's Tony Storm doesn't mean it is Tony Storm. Did you see Sheeta giving her the death glare at that yeah. interview where it's the three ladies sitting down with uh, Renee? And, exactly. That's and, the um, dead giveaway that it's not going to be Tony Storm. Yeah. I, I um, like that. You have you play Tony's music, you cross backstage, and Sheeta's attacking her with the kendo sticks, which leads to you start the match, and it's a two-on-one, and then all of a sudden the music plays. Money. 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 Did you see money. the... Uh, the uh, I'm pretty sure this will end up on a Botchamania ending, but uh, the remix, how it's like Mercedes music, and then it starts playing, and then it's a South Park Canadian... Going, money. Money. <laughs> money. Money. I'm not your buddy, guy. I'm not your guy, friend. I'm not uh, your guy, pal. <laughs> I'm not your pal, buddy. Um, yeah. Oh, God. I, so, I get... say that. Me and Eliza <laughs> quote that to each other all the time. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's good. Um, live Rampage and... Battle of the Belts, it helps with a live crowd being on the West Coast with a four-hour time difference. So instead of it being at 10, it's at 6 start time. So that helps. Yeah. That helps a lot, watching these back. Um, Big time. Battle of the Belts, though, still nothing. Uh, we see the splitting up of the baddies with a Red Velvet looking to be Jade's next challenger. Does she beat Jade? Uh, no. Okay. No. <laughs> I, I have a weird prediction. Ooh. Sunny Kiss beats Jade. I don't hate it. But if they're going to do that, it's got to start strapping the rocket to Sunny to build them back up because they've just been on dark and elevation, it feels like, lately. Yeah, Sunny's been really, like, hinting at it on Twitter. And it feels like with AEW, every single tweet is on purpose from every single account. (laughs) 
when punk well, like, ate Mindy's muffins before all that about yeah. <laughs> <Fucking hell. laughs> I don't so, know if it or not, but I'm a so, huge part of Sam Punk actually posted a picture on Instagram of his dog recently. And yeah. you know how the rumor was that um the whole fight basically started because the young bucks opened like just came charging through the door and hit Larry in the face with the door. Yeah. Well, now because Punk put up the photo on Instagram, it's clear proof that Larry's missing some teeth, and that was the rumor. Yeah, search up Larry the dog t- teeth, and you- you'll find like a comparison pic too. I bet. So you'll see, he used to have like a full bottom set of teeth that would poke up through the bottom of the mouth. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And then uh, September 2020. Okay. Yeah. And then you go up and he's missing. Uh Yeah. Okay. That's a bit more credibility. If. It's actually fucking true, which it now seems more more true. I think I'm starting to side with Punk in terms of the fight. <laughs> because if fucking someone came into my house or came into a room where me and my dog were in and fucking knocks out my teeth, uh, my dog's teeth, I'm throwing hands. I'm yeah. throwing hands for sure. Um, so you know what? If it's true, fucking Punk had the right to fight. Yeah. He didn't have the right to say all that shit he said in the press conference, don't get me wrong. And that caused the Bucks to come in and charge and do all that sort of shit. But, I mean, Punk also has put out some Instagram stories recently where, and, you know, they they disappear after 24 hours, and it just... Pretty one of the things he put up was um AEW's top ten most viewed YouTube clips of twenty twenty two. And he was in about three or four of them and he had the top two, I think. And also this uh wrestling fi- this wrestling figure website called Ringside Collectibles put up their top ten selling figures of the year. And Punk was up there. I think Punk was number one. Oh, wow. Um, So, and he put up those stories without any context, but we all know what he was trying to tell us, that, like, yeah, I might be a bit of a dick, but I'm a fucking draw. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, fuck it is. And, yeah, I'm starting to come around, like, yeah, you know what? Knock my dog's teeth out. I'm throwing hands. And you know what? Good on you, Steel, for backing up your buddy who's defending a fucking dog. But if the rumors are true that Kenny actually tried to help the dog and then A Steel bit him, then that's yeah. Oh, it's so gray area. But yeah. Point um, is, don't hurt dogs, you fuckheads. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh anything else of note from I guess uh AEW, nothing else on the Ring of Honor front other than 
Claudio's got the world title wrestling on AEW. Yuta's got the pure title wrestling on AEW. Uh, Darby Allen's the TNT champ. Oh, yes. Great match. Great match. Wardlow Um, had an absolute shit match with Joe the week before. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Joe's always worked better with smaller dudes. Yeah. Always. Did you? I'm going to say when Sting got in the ring with Darby and he's sort of holding Darby, were you thinking, oh my God, he's going to hit a Scorpion death drop on Darby? Yep, Yep, 100%. And 100%, I was like, holy fuck, Sting's going to team up with Samoa Joe and then Jeff Jarrett's going to run out (laughs) and Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt and and they're going to form fucking a new group called Panda Energy. (laughs) (laughs) I will say um, Caster had one good line. I got a a laugh out of his promo when he said, um, what did he say? Uh, Basically saying like, TNA stands for Total Non-Stop Decline. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I see what you did there. Yeah, Uh, good for you, Max Caster. You can spell. Um, <laughs> proud of hey. you. Uh, do we talk New Year's Evil? Do we? <laughs> um, <laughs> get, uh, all right, let's do it. Uh, yes, the reason we delayed uh, the recording because our boy was uh, supposedly in the main event. <laughs> uh, we'll as, get there. as soon as that match happened in the middle, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, so we kicked off with Dijak defeating Tony D'Angelo via pinfall uh, to become number one contender to the North American title. We saw a gauntlet match where uh, Pretty Deadly had to defeat the Rockers. Uh, who's this? Uh, Malik Blake and Idris Anfoff? Anoffy. Okay, my apologies there. And then the uh, the third team in the gauntlet was supposed to be uh, Brooks and Jensen, but they'll attack backstage. Gallus takes their place, and Gallus defeats pretty deadly, setting Gallus up to be number one contenders for your boys, the New Day. All right, here's fantasy booking. I want Tony D'Angelo and Gallus to form a group together because Tony D'Angelo's the Don. Yeah. And they call themselves Don Gallus. You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, I don't hate it. Uh, (laughs) uh, Before that gauntlet match was the supposed tag match of uh, the Creed brothers taking on uh, Indusheer. However, a returning Jinder Mahal runs in and attacks the Creeds from behind. Uh, uh, setting up the the, the other guy that c- could have almost have been the very first NXT champion. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He was in the final against Seth Rollins. Wow. I, I, you forget about that sometimes when they <laughs> just show the footage of Seth there in the ring with Dusty holding the championship. Yeah. What was that? Twenty twelve. Eleven years 2012, ago. Twelve. Twenty thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was like late 2012. And guess what? He came down from the main roster to fill in at NXT for that tournament 
11 years ago. He's still doing it after all this time. Hey, don't you hinder Jinder? If Not it's hindering us. It's good I'm enough for I'm just showing like how generous he is to come back down and help the younger generation. Oh boy. Yes. Uh, so later on the match that uh, night, it'd be a singles match set up from that. We saw Braun Breaker take on Grayson Waller top of the first hour. And the match ends in count out because the middle rope broke not once, but twice. Uh Weird. Yeah, sure. Here's I'll get to my problem with that at the um the end, but uh match four saw Charlie Dempsey uh defeating Hank Walker with Drew Gulak ringside via submission. Yeah. Uh, we then saw Jinder Mahal with Sanger defeat Julius Creed via pinfall after their uh tag match didn't happen early in the night. And a twenty woman uh, Battle Royale to determine the number one contender to um, to Roxanne Perez for Vengeance Day. I was going to say Roxy there for a moment. <laughs> so it sees uh, Toxic Attractions, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane declared co-winners, uh, defeating a field of 18 remaining women. Of note, we have here uh, Cora Jade, Zoe Stark, Electra Lopez, Lash Legend, Wendy Chu, Indy Hartwell, Fallon Henley, Nikita Lyons, Lara Valkyria, Valkyrie? Yeah. With an A instead of an E, I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, fun main event to go out with. Oh, wait, no, you're co-main eventing because we're cutting backstage to a to uh, Shawn Michaels' office, and it's Braun Breaker and Grayson Waller, and they're signing a contract for Vengeance Day. Yeah. Uh, dude, this sucked. I thought this was going to be a lot better. Uh, here's my problem. If you're going to do the rope break spot, do it at the end of the night, because then the fans are looking out for it for the remainder of the night. Yeah. This rope you, broke. You, you gave away that some bullshit was going to happen when the match started in the middle of the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, that. Uh, then you have, like, matches later, you have someone like Jinder, who's pretty big, run against the rope. You have Sanger, stand around, who's pretty big. You have, like, Hank Walker, who's a bigger guy. Granted, no. Hello, Hank Walker, National Tiles. <laughs> Granted, not as um, uh, developed, I guess, uh, using the developmental terms here. And then you have a 20-woman battle royale where you have multiple women hitting against the middle rope and it doesn't snap. Well, they fixed it. <laughs> they fixed it during the match and it broke again. Well, Remember, they went to... They learned from their mistakes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Developmental ring crew on duties tonight, it seems. Yes. Um, were you excited to see the return of, well, my daddy says I'm the best because I'm Tiffany Strand and I get what I want. Ooh, I'm not talking to you, loser. There's so many of those, that gimmick going on. In WWE NXT? Because it feels yeah. like. Yeah. 
Like, I mean, if Mandy was still there too, that's another one. You got Cora Jade, who's the main girl of NXT. Um, Isn't she Tiffany... supposed to be punk rock? Yeah, but now she's a heel and they call her the main girl of NXT. So she's kind of like a punk rock main girl. Okay. Which makes all the sense in the world, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you got uh, whoever that fucker is that's a lawyer and she's trying to buy the bar from Fallon Henley's family. Oh, my God. No idea. I don't watch NXT. Yeah, the, I forgot her name. <laughs> that fucker she was, a lawyer. That fucker that's a lawyer or a real estate agent or some shit. I don't know. But her gimmick's basically that as well. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it almost feels very Diva era at certain certain points in the NXT Women's Division. I mean, um, it's left me a good battle royale. But this has got to be at least the fourth time where we've ended up with no clear number one contender when NXT women's division manager just goes, fuck it, multi-women battle royale number one contendership. Yeah. Yeah, fucking... I I just watched it. Who won the battle royale? J.J. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dolan and J.C. Jane. They both won it. Okay. Yeah, remember they both fell at the same time they did the ref spot where one ref on the hard camera side said uh, JJ won, and then the ref on oh, the yeah. ramp side said JC won, and then I they declared s- co-winners. I did mentally check out by about that point of the show, to be honest. Um, I know. Grayson lost. Indy didn't win the Battle Royale. You were just like, what's the point? Even Cor- Zach- Cora, Jade was, Cora Jade was the first person eliminated and probably the most talented woman in that ring. Anyway, I was eliminated what within five seconds of the bell ringing to start. Yeah, only one person gone entrance. Yeah, fucking unreal. Um, and 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 the shitty thing is NXT's been good, <laughs> and and all right, finally got Chris watching NXT again, and it's fucking abysmal 2.0 crap again. It shat the bed. <laughs> Oh, yeah, oh, it, it shat the bed with diarrhea. There's no fucking just changing the sheets. You've got to change the mattress, buddy. <laughs> I forgot to mention the, um, oh, oh, who was it? Uh, in the diner promo, making fun of, um, Apollo Crews and, um, Axie. Oh, Carmelo Hayes. Yeah, and his right hand man, who I didn't take note of their name. Trick Williams. Yeah. Uh, my cousin Trick. If I didn't enjoy this when uh, Apollo was doing it, I certainly didn't enjoy this when you guys were trying to do it. One thing that made me laugh was the start of New Year's Evil, how it's Chase U. And um, oh, actually, that was so good. Yeah. What's his name currently? Um, Sexton. Duke Hudson. Hudson. Hudson's there, and somebody next to him goes, Hey, aren't you Australian? No, I'm American. That's the type yeah. of bullshit I don't stand for. Get out. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, uh, Duke Hudson says, oh, I think Bron Breaker's going to win. Oh, plus, I don't really like that Australian accent. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you Australian? No, I'm American. Get out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, had its moments, however, 
I'm going to give this a one. Uh, I'm going to give it... I'll give it 0.5. Yeah. <laughs> because it would have been a one, but then Jinder Mahal showed up. So... <laughs> hey, he shaved down. He's leaner than before. Yeah. Still got the back knee, though. Hmm. Hey, <laughs> That's not my policy to uh, enforce. Yeah. <laughs> it's still having a... Oh. Yeah, see? He looks meaner than ever before. He's so bald. <laughs> hey, Jinder not... Mahal was better when he had long hair. He's not as bald as uh, your boy over on uh, AEW with his great fashion that is the firm. Oh, old Stokers. Yeah, it has to wear trucker caps now. Yeah, I actually like that. Um, is... Around this week, when uh, Danielson was facing Ethan Page, I bet it made him feel like a truck. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. Uh, do we talk Nakamura and Great Muda from Noah's The New Year 2023 coming to you from Budokan Hall? Yes. Yes, let's do it. And quickly, uh, quickly, yes. I'll talk about the match beforehand. Um, Keno versus Kiyomiya, I believe was the names. Um, uh, holy fuck, absolute. Keno, the challenger versus Kiyomiya, the yeah. champion for the GHC Heavyweight Championship, which is yeah. basically uh, the Noah version of the IWGP Heavyweight title. Yeah, that's their big belt. Um, fucking fantastic match. Keno's so good. I've seen little bits of him here and there. Uh, one of my co-hosts on Smack It Down podcast, find wherever you listen to podcasts, um, uh, Jay Silver, he, um, he's a huge fan of Noah. Yep. And, yeah, he, he keeps me in the loop. He tells me matches to watch all the time, and he messaged me and said, I know you just want to watch Muda versus Shinsuke, but watch the match beforehand as well. And it is everything you want in Japanese wrestling. Just hard-hitting, fucking banger of a match. Fantastic. Legitimate contender of match of the year. Ooh. Until Wrestle Kingdom happened. <laughs> <laughs> Day one match of the year contender already. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was in the running for at least a day. But then... <laughs> But then, unfortunately, unfortunately, the Rambo happened and just took all the glory. But um, I'm surprised in all the years doing this, you've never given the Rambo worst match. Ah, uh, you you can't hate a Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> it has its moments. Although I will say, I hate that Yano just sits on the outside like the past two years. Yeah, and doesn't get in the ring. Like, come on. Yeah. Yano's great, man. Well, he's great for the level he's at. As he's got to be almost done. <laughs> he Like, he's got to be almost retired. Let's be real. Move him to the dad division. Yeah, it's time for him he to go full uh, dad division. Yeah. Taguchi's like, there. Taguchi's basically junior heavyweight dad division. Yeah, he is now. Yeah. I think... Um, Kanemaru's basically there too. 
Oh, uh, yeah. We'll talk about that. Uh, yeah, more. fuck. Let's talk about Noah and and the fucking incredible entrance of Shinsuke Nakamura. Was this the first time you've watched Noah through, is it Wrestle Universe, their on-demand service? Uh, I'm pretty sure I watched a show last year that, yeah, Jay Silver told me to watch. It was um, Keno versus, oh, fuck, I forgot his name, but it's another dude from the same faction and they had a one-hour time limit draw. And, um, yeah, I watched Wrestle Universe then as well. And, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know how I feel about the commentary. The English commentary, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's not really for me yet. Maybe it'll grow on me through the year because I also now have Wrestle Universe, but uh, we'll see how it goes. I saw a lot of people complaining about the uh, Nakamura entrance in the English, and I said, just go back and watch it in the Japanese. Yeah. It's fine. Well, this is where it pissed me off. Two-time WWE Next champion. <laughs> what are you talking about? That great promotion. Next. Next. Yeah, next. At, at uh, take in Brooklyn. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, no. I mean, I wasn't expecting much from this match, considering where Nakamura has been the past three years, roughly. But fuck, did he turn it on for this match? <laughs> I, I counter it. Um, Shinsuke yeah. brings it if he likes the person he's wrestling. Like, um, he brought it recently against Gunther as well. Him and Gunther had a banger of a SmackDown main event a couple of months back. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it always seems like if he respects the wrestler, he'll go hard. And it's never been more evident that Shinsuke Nakamura is a follower of Muda, is a, like, patterned his career of sorts of um, the great Muda. And, yeah, it was obvious that he was going to bring it, but this was where I was a bit iffy. Can Muda actually handle it? And you know what? He fucking did. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I thought this was a, a really good match, considering, one, the age of Muda, and two, it's Nakamura coming in from WWE. He's probably going to win. Yeah. I thought, yeah, really good match for both guys, and Nakamura actually turning it on in Japan one more time. My favourite spot was Nakamura sucking the mist out of Muda's mouth. Yeah, um... Oh, I can't remember where I heard this, but somebody pointed out they did this in New Japan a few years ago. Somebody did this to Bushi in a match. Mm. Not surprised. Um, they did it. This is such an obscure reference, but I saw someone put it up on Twitter. Uh, in 1994 WWF, yeah. um, there was a wrestler called Quang. And it was basically Savio Vega in a ninja mask. And his gimmick was that he spat mist. 
K-W-A-N-G, as I hear you typing vigorously. Um, and at a, at a WWF taping in 1994, Quang spat the mist into the Undertaker's face. Yeah. And Undertaker caught it with his mouth and spat it back at Quang. Ah, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, and done before. And how good would it be if the Undertaker kept the mist? If the Undertaker <laughs> had missed all this time, oh, it'd be so good. But I was thinking, what if they fucking just go, all right, Shinsuke's actually absorbed with the power of the mist now, and he has the mist from now on. Now that Oscar's like not really using it. Oh no. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't trust WWE enough to do this properly. Yeah, but I do trust Triple H to book Shinsuke properly. <laughs> I suppose that's another thing. How much longer will Triple H be in power? Uh, I didn't think that I'd wake up this morning and by 10 o'clock, Stephanie McMahon would be out of power and out of the company. Yeah, who fucking knows? <laughs> um, yeah. Steph and Shane are going to form their own promotion with Dixie Carter <laughs> I mean I did see somebody tweet that Ted Turner's back in the wrestling business <laughs> saying that he's going to buy WWF oh my god <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen but uh, good luck to you um, yeah so this this Nakamura Muda match comes down to yeah the closing spots and uh, Muda's done two miss so far. Then he goes for a third. Nakamura sucks it out, spits Muda with the green miss. One two three. Nakamura wins, and they sort of you know sign of respect afterwards, and they both go up the ramp together and uh, they go backstage. And you know if you're still watching the English commentary, they're saying oh, oh stick God. around for backstage comments, and you're just like oh okay maybe they'll. They'll translate what they're saying in Japanese. and uh, Oh, God. <laughs> here's where I wish I'd turned off. Do we need to talk about this? Yeah, all right. Uh, so, where are I, we? I think a bit of this is kind of like a lost in translation of, like, how bad the word is. Yeah. I will give Muda the benefit of the doubt that maybe he didn't realise how bad the word he used was. Yeah, and over in uh, some Asian countries, they're not as uh, forward as the yeah progressive as the West when it comes to uh, LGBT rights. Um, so yeah, Mood is there. He's speaking in English and says, uh, "Nakamura, uh, Nakamura, very good. Maybe, maybe Q word, maybe F word. I don't know. Goodbye, Shinsuke." Goodbye, <laughs> goodbye, Noah. Goodbye, Shinsuke, and walks off. And I'm just like, uh, did I hear what I just heard? And have to rewind. And went, okay. He said it like, like basically whilst trying to recover his breath as well. So you can kind of you kind of struggle to hear it properly because he's kind of struggling to breathe as well because it was knackered. It was yeah. Shinsuke knackered. Um, <laughs> Rat face naked. <laughs> uh, actually, um, Warwick and I have like little nicknames for other wrestlers. So Shinsuke is the the knackers. 
<laughs> like, uh, like Big Show's the Biggin, uh, Mark Henry's the Henners. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nicknames like that, and Jericho's Jezza. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So Naka and Muda had a had that match. Muda's struggling to breathe, and he says that shit. And I'm like. I immediately give him the benefit of the doubt, and that might be biased by me just because of how much I love Muda and how much, like, early 90s Muda is some of my favorite shit in the world. But who you knows? Japan stuff or WCW stuff? Like, the WC, his, like, late 80s, early 90s WCW run is one of my favorite things with um, Gary Hart as his manager his feud with Sting. Um, yeah, I just love that. Uh, there's like this tag match with Sting and Ric Flair versus Terry Funk and Muda, and it's the best. It's, yeah, it's like Terry Funk just deciding, all right, I feel like inventing like early 2000s hardcore wrestling today, so let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's so good. Um, so I might be a bit biased just because of my love for Muda, and I'm willing to see past it. But yeah, I can understand that people are offended and don't want to borrow of him anymore. Yeah, well, he does have that uh, that match coming up with uh, Sting and Darby against Marufuji, Akira, and Hus Hakushi. Hakushi. Yes. The Hakushi from 1994 WWF who used to team with Quang. <laughs> oh my God. Is that uh, Hakushi there in the white outfit? Yeah, with the tattoos all over him. Oh boy. Yeah. 90s WWF, not exactly uh, progressive. No, but he used that gimmick in Japan, too. Okay, then. Yeah, so you've got to give him a bit of a break on it. And um, Hakushi versus Bret Hart in your house, whichever fucking in your house it was, the fucking best. Like, it was just a time oh. where if Hakushi came along, like, now, he'd be a mega star. But Hakushi versus Bret Hart, mid-90s WWF, doesn't get better. That just seems like it's such an odd pairing on paper. Oh, it was like it was like Brett's the champ or one of the top guys. And it's like Brett's basically like, oh, you got anyone that can actually keep up with me and go with me? Oh, we got this guy. All right, <laughs> let's make it happen. We got this guy or King Kong Bundy. Take your pick. Who's <laughs> uh, Bundy? What'd you say? What is in your house? Yeah, I think it was in your house. Hakushi versus Bret Hart. Hang on, I'll see if I can find it here. Do you know what year? Um, might have been '95. Hang on, let let me do a search as well. In your house, May 14th, 1995. May 14th. Oh, the first in your house. It is. There you go. Uh, let's, oh, it's the opener on the show. 
Yeah. So he's not the champ at that point. Razor versus Jeff Jarrett. Mabel versus Adam Bomb. <laughs> Owen and Yoko versus the Smoking Guns. Hang on, let's talk about the main event, hey? Uh, hang on, we've got Jerry Lawler versus Bret Hart. Televised main event of Diesel versus Sid. <laughs> yeah! Power bombs, baby! Power bombs! I mean, that does actually sound like a good match. You have Taker versus <laughs> versus Karma. The Supreme Fighting Machine, Karma. Bam Bam versus Tatanka. And in the uh, dark main event, which is a Ring of the Wind qualifier, Owen versus uh, British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith. I mean, that sounds like a really good uh, card. Oh, my God, PCO's on the opener against Bob Holly? <laughs> oh, dark match opener. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was like this period of time where Bret Hart's like clearly the top baby face, but they don't want him in the main event. So they would just like bring in people that could actually work. And, yeah, they'd bring in like Hakushi and he'd have a mini feud with him. And then they'd bring in... PCO and he had a decent little mini feud with him because PCO's gimmick was that he was a pirate and he stole he plundered Bret Hart's jacket (laughs) (laughs) oh man Um, I'm just having a look at the next match oh that's all oh then Bret goes on to face Jerry Lawler in the kiss my foot match at the uh, next pay-per-view how can you forget yeah, the run of Brett in 95. But uh, I suppose enough about that. Uh, should we get on to uh, what we really want to talk about? Yes. New Japan? I thought we were going to talk about Tessa Blanchard being divorced. Okay. Uh, yeah, what? We'll talk about... Yeah, her and Daga got divorced. Oh. About okay. and the news came out a day after like Duggar put out a tweet or an Instagram post or some shit talking about how it's unfair for people to cheat. <laughs> uh, and, and then uh, and then he quickly deleted the tweet. Oh boy. Uh. Believe it or not, Tessa Blanchard might actually be a bad person. <laughs> I mean, did WoW release her or just suspend her? I I don't think she ended up doing anything with them. No, she remember she was a coach before they started televising things, and then yeah. that whole incident at Wow came out, and I can't remember if she was just suspended or uh, released. Yeah, I've no idea. Oh man. Um. Now, have you seen because uh, Wrestle Kingdom 17's like dedicated to the memory of Antonio Inoki? With the tagline of Antonio Noki Memorial Spectacular and Fighting Spirit Forever. Um, mm. I noticed on New Japan World when you clicked on the uh, sidebar for Noki, there's a heap of free matches. Have you oh, seen okay. Noki versus Vader? Uh, which one is it? Because if it's the if it's okay. Vader's debut one, that's the best. I love that. Hang on. Because. Because um, if 
those of you humans that don't know a great deal about Vader's Japan run, he was basically plucked out of obscurity from the AWA, where he was a wrestler called Baby Bull. Uh, it says it's their 96 Tokyo Dome match. Oh, 96. So that's like years down the road then. I haven't seen that one. Okay. Uh, um, and then Vader got plucked out of obscurity because they had a character that they wanted to portray called Big Van Vader. And New Japan wanted someone to do it. And they were originally, which is so fucking wild, yeah. that they were originally going to bring in Jim Helwig to be Big Van Vader, but then Jim he got Helwig. signed. Jim Helwig. Uh, the old warrior. warrior. Yeah. Yeah. They were going to bring him in, but then he signed with the WWF, so they brought in this dude called Baby Bull Leon White from the AWA. Yeah. And... His debut match is just this big, mysterious dude. Antonio Inoki's beaten someone. I think he beat, like, Masa Saito. And, and then he's cutting a promo. I don't know. It's not translated when I watched it. And out comes this big, giant dude in this... The great big fucking bull mask. The elephant fucking thing over his head. His headdress thing. The big Mastodon helmet. Yeah. And this dude comes out, power bombs Anoki a couple of times, pins him clean, wins the belt. It's my favorite fucking thing. Because it was at a time where Anoki just doesn't get beat. Yeah, I can't seem to, to find it on here. Uh, there's a match here from December 27th, 87. Which is probably the rematch. Uh, again versus Anoki on the 7th, 88, along with English commentary for that match. Wow. Actually, the 87 one might actually be the match that I was talking about. Uh, then we have April 22nd, 88, July 29th, 88. IWGP Heavyweight Championship Right to Challenge match. A tag team match in the 90s of uh, Anoki and Tiger Jeet Singh versus Vader and Animal Hamaguchi. So Vader's uh, debut match was against Anoki on d- December 27th, 1987. Yeah. Uh, so that one's a, a paid video there. But yeah. he's a... Uh, his final match against Anoki, at least. January 4th, 96, uh, Tokyo Dome uh, match. Anoki versus Vader. Yeah. Well, they had a pretty interesting series of matches. One, two, three, four matches and a tag match in there as well against each other. Or at Tiger Jeet the... Singh. Hang on a second. I feel like there's a weird factoid about someone he's related to. Ginger? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say it until until I can confirm it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. do you remember Tiger Ali Singh from late 90s WWF? Oh, yeah, I've, I know the name. Yeah, he basically did the Million Dollar Man gimmick, except he had, like, a little Indian butler called Babu. 
Oh, good lord. Yeah, it was very offensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And then he he was the guy that formed Lowdown with fucking D'Lo Brown and Chaz from the uh, Headbanger oh, Chaz, Mosh. wow! <laughs> yeah. That's a throwback and a half. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I suppose we talk Wrestle Kingdom 17. Let's do it. There's a bit okay. to talk about here. Night one, January 4th, Tokyo Dome. <laughs> okay, Think? so I will premise that, that I actually didn't watch... I didn't get to my television in time to watch anything before the women's match. Did you go back and watch some stuff? Oh, uh, I, I saw highlights. Uh, I figured I didn't miss a great deal. <laughs> okay. Uh, so English commentary I'm listening to, I'm assuming Alex is as well, uh, Kevin Kelly, Chris Charlton, Gino Gambino, and Rocky Romero. Yeah. Everyone's got the same first and last initial in their, uh, uh, same initial in their first and last name there. Fuck. Okay, I'll change my name to Alex Alliums or some shit. Alex Abrahante. Alex Abrahantes, and then I can get my dream New Japan commentary gig. (laughs) Perhaps. Uh, First opening match of the night of the pre-show. The pre-show went for like 30 minutes, then took a break, then came back with another pre-show match, then took another break. So, yeah, pretty confusing uh, pre-show this year. Uh, Kicking off was Awara, Young Lion taking on Newly signed Oleg Bolton uh, in a three-minute exhibition match where Oleg gets a near-four two-count uh, before the time expires. Yeah, that's some... Um, I can't remember what country he's from, but he's some Olympic wrestler. Yeah, he's from... Oh, Kazakhstan, I want to say. But I don't know if that's... Very right. nice. High five. <laughs> Alton, give uh, him a Borat gimmick. Please don't. <laughs> Wrestles oh. in a mankini. Uh, yeah, Kazakhstan. There you go. My wife. Oh, <laughs> okay, sure. If you win, you win, folks. You can do that. Uh, <laughs> second match saw the uh, New Japan Rambo. Which saw Sho Hikalelu, Evil, Tomohiro Ishii, Great Okan, Doki, Rocky Romero, Kenta, Yoshinobu Katamaru, Ali, uh, Aaron Hanare, <laughs> Ryusuke Taguchi, Jeff Cobb, Shane Hayes, Mikey Nichols, Yujiro Takahashi, Toriyano, El Fantasmo, Taichi, and Shingo Takage all compete with your final four advancing to New Year's Dash for the King of Pro Wrestling Provisional 2023 Championship belt, because it's no longer a trophy, because we need more belts in this company. Final four being Great Khan, Shingo Takage, Sho, and Toro Yano. I mean, it was fine. I mean, there were points where um, Al Fantasma was out on the floor and he crawls over to the English desk and, like, Kevin's going, we don't know what's going on. And you can hear Al Fantasma go, I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> Rambo, living up to its name of what the fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
two two interesting points from this match. Thank Ooh. God this is where evil's been placed. And Dick to go on the outside. <laughs> yeah, thank God this is where they've been relegated to. The second point is, oh, fuck, Shingo's been put in this. But that gets right. That gets righted later on. Uh, does it? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, the main event of your pre-show saw the Antonio Inoki Memorial six-man tag team match with special guest referee Tiger Hattori coming out of retirement for this and sees the team of Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, and Togi Makabe, and it doesn't mute Togi Makabe's music on the uh, entrance. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Um, his actual New Japan theme. I can't even remember. Immigrant song. Yes, that one. It didn't mute it. Versus the team of Minoru Suzuki, Tiger Mask, uh, the current Tiger Mask, but he comes out in the gear of the original Tiger Mask. And Tatsun, Tatsumi Fujinami. I mean, the guy can still go, sort of, when protected in a six-man match, at least. I mean, yeah. when is Fujinami going to retire? <laughs> uh, I was shocked when I saw that he had a match on this card. I will never retire. <laughs> Fucking WWE Hall of Famer Tatsumi Fujinami. Oh, that's right, he is. Yeah. Is he actually inducted or legacy? No, actually inducted. Got walked out by, well, I think one of the Bellas. Uh, uh, let, let me Google search it. Oh, my gosh, Ric Flair did induct him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as uh, Alex looks up uh, that important keynote in history. Let's see, who else was in that class? Oh, that's a class headlined by Macho. Rikishi also went in. Actually, Tatsumi Fujinami was walked out on stage by someone that was backstage at this very show. Naomi. Oh, I was going to say Bailey. Yeah, (laughs) Naomi. Uh, uh, So, yes, also in that class, Alundra Blaze, Larry Zbysko, Kevin Nash, the Bushwhackers, and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger being the celebrity wing inductee. Yeah, that What's was Macho that's... Man's year, wasn't it? Yeah, Macho Man had lined under Rikishi. Um, what is Zabisco up to nowadays? How come he doesn't do anything over with um, AEW? I, I don't think he's very active at all. And I mean, health-wise oh, either. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I don't think he's in a bad state. I just don't think he... He's I think he's at a... I think he's at a point in his life where I'll hang out, play golf, because I know that he loves golf. So, Fair enough. He's earned it. Um, yeah. This was a really fun match. Everyone sort of comes out with that red Anoki scarf. You know, yeah. It's a fun nine to ten minute um, like memorial match. Everyone gets a chance to do different spots here. And uh, team, uh, team Nagata here, getting the win, but in the post-match um, Fujinami sort of leads them in that Anoki chant and yeah. they go uh, go off um, to break before the uh, the main show. Yeah. So we kick off the main show and in years past you have the uh, the New Japan theme 
under like all the match cards and video packages leading off to kick off the show. This year, something different. Mm. We hear a Noki theme running down all of the undercard shows, uh, undercard match graphics, and then it gets to the main two co-main events, and then it has the Wrestle Kingdom theme. Yeah. I thought that was a good touch. Yeah, for sure, for sure. The Noki theme's actually a bit of a banger, too. Yeah. I love it because I, I have it on in the background when I'm writing my Anoki stuff for bugs. <laughs> yeah, you do what I do. I've got a whole playlist set up, mate. Oh, boy. Uh, so we kick things off. Uh, this is the final match that uh, Alex hasn't seen in full. Uh, for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship that sees the team of Catch 2-2, Fran- Francisco Akira and Alex's boy, TJP, your champions. Defending against Leo, Leo Rush, and Yo, representing Chaos. Um, have you seen the photos of Leo Rush's face after uh, hitting? I the did ramp? see that. It, it was very tempting to want to source out uh, this match just to see how it happened, but I still didn't do it because I don't <laughs> really. Well, Leo Rush is the modern day Terry Funk, so who knows? In terms of fucking. I'm retired. I'm retired. <laughs> I thought you meant he's from Texas and a hardcore legend. <laughs> no? It's my last match. Come <laughs> on. It's my last match. Your mother's a whore. <laughs> what is that documentary? It's my last match. Come on. God. Just be the referee. The That's beyond the mat. Yeah. Yes. It's my last match. I'll never wrestle again. Come on. This is my last match. It's not like 98, 99, his supposed last match at the ECW arena. That, that, that was actually uh, for his 1997 retirement match against Bret Hart. <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Oh, With Dennis Stamp as his referee, special res- referee. So now, Come I, on. I just, I, just, I just jump on the trampoline. I don't do any tricks. But you never know when you... When you're going to get booked. Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, so your boy here, TJP, picking up the win for Catch 2-2 and the United Empire retaining some gold to kick off the night. Uh, match five of the evening sees the first defence of the IWGP Women's Championship. I uh, got it wrong. I thought there was going to be a defence at the uh, stardom year-end show, but that was just a uh, an appearance by Kari on that show. So it is Kari, the defending IWGP women's champ, taking on Tam Nakano. What do you think of uh, Kari's entrance here? Extravagant. Exactly what I expected from her on this sort of stage. Did you like Evil's guest cameo on the stage? I didn't see. I didn't notice that. How there was the uh, skeleton reaper at the start of her entrance? All oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, classic evil with the scythe. Um, yeah, I thought this was a good women's match. Uh, if anything, the criticism is this was really short-changed. It could have gone 10, but the women went, what's that, we got six minutes? We're going to fit all our shit in. Yeah, uh, it felt very rushed. I didn't like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree, it felt rushed. Uh, but this is more... So about the uh, the post match here and uh, Mane. 
Money. Oh my mm. god. So um like I've never been the biggest Sasha Banks fan. Is anyone? Um, and uh, cancelled. Yeah, like I, I, you can't tweet about it though because her stands are just brutal, uh, yeah. and I can't handle Twitter criticism. Um, so I just like, all right, I'll just wait until the podcast. At least no one's gonna buy it back at me, um, unless there are some stands listening. So, all right, fuck it, bring it. She's never been a good promo. Oh, uh, oh boy, no, never been good. She uh always uh, talks like this, like there is a big pause between every word up, and uh yeah, yeah, she talks like that, and it's so fucking robotic, and it's her cadence is just tuned out for me. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? I was like, okay, she's going to a promotion where, all right, her focus will be her wrestling. And, you know, her wrestling's all right. It's all right. Uh, so they bring her in to do what? They bring her in to do a big extravagant entrance. The music was fucking trash. I hated it. Money. 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 Um, and her hair was like, okay, you, you either love it or you hate it. It's a work of art, that's for sure. I'll give it that. But then she fucking hits a move. Fucking sucked. Yeah. And the biggest fucking vocal point of her debut is a relatively lengthy promo. And it sucked. Everything about this debut sucked. And then I saw people be defending the debut on Twitter, the Sasha stands, being like, oh, well, it's Japan. She's obviously not going to get a big pop because they don't pop in Japan. You, 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 <laughs> are, you, are you fucking dumb? Because I heard the crowd fucking going nuts one match later for Ren Narita. I heard the match, like, the crowd popped for Kari's entrance. Exactly. Just admit that she's not over in Japan. Yeah. And perhaps, like, I get that Sasha Prom Mercedes wanted to do this for ticket off the bucket list, show up at the Tokyo Dome for sure, probably on her bucket list because I remember watching her on the Stone Cold podcast and she has a huge love for Japanese wrestling, so that's awesome for her. What was up with her gear though? The Japanese flags and shit. All over it, yeah. Mm. And, like, I, the, the geisha robe, basically. The the robe, like, sure, whatever you want. New robe, sure, I can excuse that. Well, Ric Flair wore extravagant robes, but why have you pasted the Japanese flag all over your gear? Yeah. You know what? Uh, this is where I step in. Okay. And fuck it. If I get cancelled, I get cancelled. But you know what? As a partially Asian man, if I was to rock up with African flags all over me, cultural appropriation. Why isn't it the other way around? 
because weebs? <laughs> Who fucking knows? Because I guess um, appropriating Asian culture still isn't frowned upon. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe it should be. Maybe it shouldn't be. Who knows? But, yeah, it's not treated the same as appropriating, say, African-American culture. So, which, by the way, don't fucking appropriate African-American culture because that's fucked. Yeah, I'm just saying, don't appropriate Asian culture as well, because it kind of felt very like, oh, let's racially yeah. stereotype Asians as fucking little Teehee geisha girls, because that's what she dressed up as. Yeah, 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 I can see that too. Um, from there, where do we uh, where do we go next? Uh, I suppose next on the card was uh, Bushimun. Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi, the World Tag League winners, challenging FTR, Dax Hardwood and Cash Wheeler, um, your IWGP Tag Team Champions. And uh, surprise, surprise, uh, FTR lose. Their uh, losing streak continues. They are no stars, FTR. No star, FTR. Um, poor buggers. Uh, hate to say it. But this was a really enjoyable Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi match. Yes! <laughs> Hate to say it. it. him. Hate to say it, but Yoshihashi's actually gotten all right. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, yeah. and Hiroki <laughs> Goto, like, a good tag team wrestler. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll take that for now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as soon as the... Uh, the uh what is it the ring of honor match happened and then the triple a titles went bye-bye it uh sort of signaled where this result was going yeah, uh, yeah we, we knew what was going to happen here yeah it, it was fine but i still feel like it should have been ftr and aussie open rather than bushyman representing uh the challenges here yeah, for sure, for sure. Or like a three-way or something. I know they, they used to do three-ways for the tag belts. Yeah. Uh, following that, we got uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Renda Rita in the tournament final for the inaugural uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling World Television Championship. Another championship, Alex. How does this one look? Like shit. Does it look better or worse than the King of Pro Wrestling Blue Championship? Worse. Ooh. I reckon I... it looks shit ass. It doesn't look like a fucking belt. It doesn't look like a Benz. Like, it looks real stiff and rigid. And, like, it was trying to, like, like, put it around his shoulder, but it stayed too stiff, so he just sat it on his lap. Yeah. Like, the King of Pro Wrestling belt, like, the the plates itself look cool. Maybe the strap color's a bit odd, especially when you've got a guy that's wearing it now. Currently, it doesn't really fit for him to be wearing this bright blue fucking monstrosity. But, like, I mean, what fucking... What is that color of this New Japan world 
belt. Uh, orange? Like, and it's yeah, a square? But, I, <laughs> but, like, on the Wrestle Kingdom broadcast, like, if you click a couple of those other pictures, like, the one next to it, like, it looks poo brown. Yeah, <laughs> like that one. It looks poo brown. Yep. And it looked poo brown on the broadcast. It didn't look orange. It looked brown, and it looks disgusting, and... It kind of just looks like, I don't know, it kind of looks like um, a giant fucking watch. Yeah, yeah, it does. It doesn't really have any personality among about it. No, but who knows? They're, they've put it on the right guy. Yeah, so uh, these, like, all being 15-minute uh, time limit matches, uh, this one goes 10.32 with uh, Zach winning via submission, defeating Ren Narita. In the post-match, we see uh, Nichols and Hayes show back up, and uh, they got a TMDK shirt for Zach, and they offer it to Zach, and Zach teases throwing in the crowd, but then puts it on, and uh, oh my god, we've got a new member of TMDK. Aussie Zach. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this going back to the Days in nowhere in like 2010, 2011. Yeah, I didn't even know this existed. Neither did I until uh, I think it was Chris brought it up on commentary. Yeah, yeah. Then they sh- they show some footage that on New Year Dash. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, so from there, match eight, another match that uh, sort of seemed like a foregone conclusion of Carl Anderson. The good brother here representing the OC from WWE. <laughs> unreal. We had AEW and WWE people already. Yeah, him wearing his uh, WWE t shirt, uh, taking on Tamatonga of Gorillas of Destiny, who has Jado by his side for the Never Open White Championship. I mean, this was a fine 10-minute match built around one move, the gun stun, and how do you think the ending went? The ending of this match was fucking botchy, let's be real. Hey, that suits good brother with his botch club. That's right, forgot about that. Yeah, Matthew won the botch club wars. Yes, oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, shame about the uh, the botch gun stun here on the finish, but uh, Tomatonga here getting the win. Your new never open weight champion. I mean, yeah, right call. Gives Tama something to do in New Japan. Takes the belt off Carl, who's probably just going to stay in WWE now. I mean, yeah. it's fine. I actually saw the backstage like post match press conference part for this match. Oh, yeah. it, was actually, it was actually really good. Tom is like sitting there with a beer and he's got his kid on his lap and Hikuleo's there and they're talking about how much it meant for him to finally have a singles match at the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom and to actually win it and to do it against someone that he has such a long history with and then fucking Carl Anderson comes storming in. And then just shakes Tamatonga's hand and says, you deserve it. You're going to be a big star. 
blah, 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 and, like, big sign of mutual respect. And then Carl Anderson apologises to Tamatonga's kid for, quote-unquote, sorry for being an asshole, kid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was really nice. It was actually a really good, like, wholesome sort of thing. And then they, they toast beers together and... Then Carl uh, Anderson leaves and lets. Uh, then Tamatonga says, oh, "Congrats on the deal, brother." And and Carl Anderson looks at the press and goes, "Big money, me big money now." Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, at least they're doing something. Hopefully they move away from Judgment Day and actually oh, the the problem do something is, soon. The problem is AJ Styles got a broken ankle. Oh, yeah. What happened there? House show? House show. So, if he's got a broken ankle, like... Good brothers on the shelf? Yeah, well, who knows? It's not Vince booking anymore, well, at the moment. (laughs) So, so perhaps a team can last without, without an injured fucking stable mate, but if Vince was in charge, yeah, they're on the shelf. Yeah. I don't know. Be interesting to see what happens with uh, Good Brother over in uh, WWE. Yeah, well, actually, quickly, I, w- I was in my group chat with a few people that weren't that familiar with New Japan Carl Anderson before. And they're like, fuck, this song's so much better than what he has in WWE. This presentation of him's so good. Oh, man, I wish he had that the fucking air gun thing in his entrance in WWE. He'd be a star. That How was... good is it that he still does that and the announcer and the referee, when he swings the gun behind, both they duck all in the duck. ring? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's so good. And, yeah, it, he does feel like a much bigger deal in New Japan. He's presented like a star with his own fucking personality. Which is fantastic. Um, yeah, I've got nothing but good things to say about Carl Anderson's presentation in New Japan. And obviously, you know, Tamatonga's not the best wrestler in the world, but he fucking looks like a million bucks right now. He looks so good. And the rumor is that both him and Hiko Leo are being courted by the WWE at the moment. So imagine if <laughs> New Japan finally get the never open way belt back and that person <laughs> signs with the WWE as well. Where's uh, Tamalola? Is he injured at the moment? He must be. I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of talk about him. I, I, I don't know what's going on with him. Okay, I'll uh, pop that up in a moment. But... um. Yeah, next match following that was uh, the six-man tag. This was Muto's last match in New Japan. So it saw the team of Los Ngobbernables de Japón, Sonata, the former student of Muto, along with Bushi and Hiro- uh, sorry, Tatsuya Naito. And we get T-shirt Naito in the dome. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Can you at least take the shirt off of Muda's, Mudo's last match? Come on, man. But, yeah, they also said it was uh, Keiji Muto's 1,000th New Japan match. Maybe. 
That's what they said on commentary. It was his 1,000th and final New Japan match. That was Which is, like, such a cool thing that he ended on exactly 1,000. Yeah. Uh, so they are facing the team of Keiji Mudo, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and the shooter, Shota Umino. I don't like your roughneck nickname. Just use shooter. Fucking oath, especially when his entrance music is kind of a rip-off of John Moxley's New Japan song. His so, entrance is. Didn't he start, like, New Year's Dash out in the crowd? Yes, that too. <laughs> but but this is where the, the disconnect is. He does all of Moxley's mannerisms. He does his moves. He fucking hits the Death Rider. He has, like, a rip-off Moxley theme song. He walks out, does the entrance exactly like Moxley, but then he's wearing bright white and pink tights, <laughs> looking like a fucking Audi knockoff version of Tanahashi. Like, either go... You, you either go all the way Moxley, or you go none of the way Moxley. <laughs> none of the way Moxley. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I thought this was a really fun gimmick. It's always fun to see the um, the young lines slowly make their way through. I'm just having a look here at Tunga Lawa. Yeah. Tunga Lawa isn't listed as injured, so um, maybe there was just no plans for him. Mm, uh, maybe. Wrestle Kingdom, maybe he's just returned from an injury and they're just wanting to bring him back around um, near beginning. But yeah, shooters ready. Uh, what's Render Reader's nickname? Is it um Render Reader? Is it Son of Strong Style? Yeah, the Son of Strong Style. Um, and his that, gimmick is not, his no. gimmick is basically he is like third Young, generation, uh, third generation Anoki. Because mm. like Shibata is the second generation Anoki. He's just carrying on that legacy of the the no-nonsense wrestler and the black trunks and the black boots and, you know, just comes out and just stretches people. Yep. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I thought this was a really good match. I did see a lot of people complain that Sonata didn't get the win over Mudo, but I think Sonata's established enough, and it does a hell of a lot more having Shota Umino get a big win here, teaming with Mudo and Tanahashi against Naito and Sonata. He pinned Naito, didn't he? I don't remember off the top of my head because it's normally Bushi that takes the fall in a six-man for LIJ. Yeah, but I think like that was the big story here. And Shooter getting the big pin here. And Chris Charlton said something really ominous during this match. And when he predicted that Shota Umino will be in the main event of next year's Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think it's going to happen too. And I think it's going to be Sh Shota beating Okada. Well, it could be Shota versus Naito by then. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but... Uh... I can see Shooter beating Okada as a passing of the torch. Ooh, that is that is a good um, good observation there. 
Yeah, because he's fucking ready. He he looks like a million bucks. He's he can go. He can fucking go. Uh, there's a few kinks to work out in the overall presentation, as I specified. But you know, there's something there with him. There's something there with Narita as well. But I think there's still a bit of work to be done with Narita. Yeah, he's only just returned from excursion, like yeah. just before the um. Just before the end of the year. Uh, so, following this match, you know, LIJ's doing the post-match comments backstage. And then Chris Charlton's going, what? A brawl backstage? And then somebody on the English team says, oh, what's Kenny done this time? Oh, that was Jado. <laughs> yes. Gino, uh, you legend. It's I so good. I didn't even get that joke until you just <laughs> said it again. And I'm like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. So, uh, yes, uh, we later learned that it's LIJ uh, being confronted by Noah's uh, Congo faction, and it sets up for Wrestle Kingdom Night 2, January 21st, at Yokohama Arena, where it is a bunch of LIJ matches versus a bunch of Congo single matches for yeah. some reason. But uh, more on that later. Uh, match number 10 is the four-way for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title match, which sees uh, Taiji Ishimori, the defending champion, versus Al Desperado, who comes out in all white, versus the way of the Grandmaster, Master Watto. Still need to work on your uh, moniker there, Master Watto. Uh, and versus uh, the ticking time bomb, Hiromu, who came out in some tentacle-looking get-up. Yeah, with eyeballs all over himself, yeah. Um, the kids show the Easter on the AV sheet uh, lift-off? No, but I was thinking he reminded me of that monster from Our Real Monsters that had the, the arms that held up eyeballs. Oh, crap. There you go. Crum, 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 crum. This thing. Yeah, that <laughs> fucking thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, hang on, I'll see if I can find what I was referring to. This thing. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, no, I'm not that familiar with that show. Yeah, because I'm old. Anyhow, <laughs> Hiromu, dressed for the occasion as ever. Um, great four-way match. I love... um the pre-taped, um, like the vignette hyping it up, and it's got um, Ishimori somewhere in a room, and it shows like all the challenges on three sides of a giant video wall, and he pulls out his hand and just shoots each wall and the gra- glass like cracks on the screen Yeah, to symbolise he'll uh, retain his championship. I love Despy in all white. I'm thinking, yes, finally we're going to go Despy. And as this match goes on, I'm actually thinking Oh, my God, they're going to pull the trigger on Watto. Yes, yes, pull the trigger on Watto. Do it, do it. <laughs> Did you think uh, any chance I were going with Master Watto here? Um, I thought so, yeah. Yep. Yeah, but uh, surprisingly, we go back to uh, status quo. Hiromu here 
winning the championship again, I mean, yay, it's uh, it's something. Oh, uh, shit. I think the sale to Saudi Arabia is official. Okay, hang on. Uh, we've got breaking news here. I'm checking post. Uh, nothing on there. I'm checking observer. D- Denise Salcedo has tweeted something. Saying, Denise. Um, Denise Salcedo. Let's go. Like, uh, kind, kind of like cryptic, but... Okay, yeah. there's one there with a Mickey Mouse holding a briefcase. And there's one there with a peacock, which would symbolise NBC Universal holding a Money in the Bank no, briefcase. Where's the other tweet I saw? The rumours I'm hearing again, rumours. I have no words. Again, rumours, but bruh. Um, and then this other site, uh, No DQ, said it's official. Uh, Brian Alvarez says I monster news imminent. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Kelly <laughs> tweeted. So yes, Vince I saw so, that. <laughs> so did Vince sell to the Saudis or what? Um, you gotta remember, Kevin Kelly did work there for a time in the nineties. Yeah, when fucking Dwayne Johnson used to call him a hermaphrodite all the time on television. How does that age? Oh, not good. Not good. Um, Yeah, so there's a lot of... Yeah, WWE has just announced... Oh, that's the Vince thing. Um, There's a lot of things... A lot of tweets at the minute. Um, Ryan Sadden tweeted, not a big fan of vague tweeting, so you can appear to be in the know once someone else confirms news. I'll let you all know shortly. That is fucking vague tweeting, idiot. (laughs) Not a fan of vague tweeting, so I'm going to vague tweet. But what I put out, I put out a something, something. Uh, Somebody tweeted something. I said, oh, if this is huge news, then it's true. But I'm waiting on sources confirmation myself. Someone, okay. someone called Ella J tweeted out, um, sending love to Sami Zayn and Sami Zayn only during this tough time. Hey, you got you got to think like if anyone's going to cop it the most, if Saudi Arabia's bought it, it's the guy that's not allowed to go to Saudi Arabia for shows. Oh, that is true, and he has a big match this Friday on SmackDown against Kevin Owens because. They lost that tag match, the Bloodline versus uh, KO and Cena. Well, fuck, him being in a faction called the Bloodline has a new meaning now, doesn't it? Oh, boy. So, uh, but no one of note, like Melter, Alvarez, Denise, Pollock, No, no uh, that was just like Andrew a, string, Thompson. a string of tweets like two, three hours ago where they they're basically hinting that it's about to be announced. Yeah. So uh, brace yourselves for that. We will talk about it next week on The Wrap. Really? You go up to ring you at midnight and say, Alex, we got to cook. I mean, we got to record. No. um, uh, We're not going back to three days a week of podcast anytime soon, but shortly, maybe. Maybe we'll get back <laughs> to two. 
Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, Hiromu. Hiromu, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, going back to Hiromu, status quo, but I think they are setting up for, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Kashida, once he comes back um, from his, was it, foot and mouth mm. that he caught, so he had to sit out. That's yeah, why Isham right. on all challenges. So I think, uh, yeah, they're going to do that. They might have Kushida lose to um, Hiromu as like a passing of the torch moment for the juniors, and then you can move Kushida into the heavyweight division. I, I still stand by this statement. Scrap the fucking weight divisions. Because the junior division, sure, it's got that long history, all that sort of shit, fucking the 90s. Jushin Liger, fucking Tiger Mask, who gives a fuck, all right? Let's yeah. chill on the fucking history of it. You don't have the depth to do it anymore. Because all I'm saying every fucking year when I tune in for Wrestle Kingdom is the same couple of names walking out with the fucking junior belt. And all I'm saying with the junior tag division is, what, maybe two or three tag teams you got? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think you've got you add more depth to your roster by getting rid of the divisions, getting rid of the juniors, and having fucking guys like Hiromu go up against you know like like a fucking Zack Saber Junior. Yep. Or having him go up against like fucking Hiromu and Tanahashi. Fuck. Um, and you could do the same shit, like Taji Ishimori fucking challenging fucking, I don't know, Jeff Cobb. It'd be fucking insane. It'd work. Yeah, um, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, I think, I get why they do it. There's the fucking history, but they just don't have the depth, and that should be their biggest priority right now, is building that junior division putting new people in it and they they aren't they just aren't no so fucking get rid of it give the belt to mick Moretti. yeah fucking bring in some internationals freshen it up like i get that they've in recent years they've brought in francisco akira and all that but you know who gives a shit <laughs> Yeah. Like, th yeah. this division's dead. It hasn't meant shit since the Bucks were junior tag champs and Omega was the cleaner of the junior division. It hasn't meant shit since then. Actually, oh. that's, a, that's a lie. It meant a bit when Shingo and Osprey were going at it for the junior belt. And Robbie? And Robbie, of course. The, <laughs> the national bias. Let's go with that, too. Yeah, and he didn't even fucking get booked. What's going on there? Why is he watching from a pub in Sydney? Yeah, that's a good point. Also, I'm thinking, oh, I'll just live tweet this out. And then Australian Twitter just dies for seven hours. What oh, the really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why I stopped live tweeting, because Australian Twitter died. It was like taking 20 minutes to load a simple tweet without a GIF, and I'm like, Dude, fuck this, Elon. Get your shit together. Yeah, fucking Elon. Oh, also, 
Why the fuck are Aussie Open watching this show from a pub? Because Bushimon beat him in World Tag League final. Fucking couldn't bring him there to fucking... Stand in World's Corner? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, come on. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, you could have put them in the Rambo. Well, so the Rambo's only a 19-man Rambo. Like, you can't find somebody else lying around. You couldn't have put Dick to go in there for a nice, even 20-man Rambo. Couldn't fucking thrown Gino Gambino in there. He's lost, what did Kevin Kelly say, 600, 600 pounds? Yeah. Um, actually, though, Gino's ready for another run. I, I don't know with who, but, yeah, he's ready. He looks amazing at the moment. Book him. Yeah. I, p- pull up Gino's Instagram. Have a look at the comparison photo. Uh... Hang on. Oh. Oh, well. There you go. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the photo. Okay. Whilst we do that. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think that's where they're going to go. They're going to go Hiromu and... Um, Hiromu and Kushida because Kushida did nothing in... WWE. I forgot that he was Cruiserweight Championship uh, champion for like 160 days or something. Yeah. I sent like, the photo on Messenger, by the way. Yeah, I have a look now. Yeah. Dude looks fit. He looks fucking fantastic. Yeah. I didn't realise how big he'd gotten, either, by the way, but, you know, the pandemic's a bitch. Hey, when you got Macca's delivery like and it's down the road and you're not supposed to leave the house, what else are you going to do? I did that. Oh, oh, trust me. Trust me, I know. I'll have free Happy Meals, please. But but you have no kids. Yes, but you don't Pokemon cards in your Happy Meals. Give me free. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> Fuck, I want a Happy Meal right now. Somebody uh, get this kid a Happy Meal. <laughs> What's that? Oh, Big Daddy. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Uh, following that was uh, Will Ospreay, the defending United States heavyweight champion against Kenny by God Omega. Um, did you realise what this entrance was or did you have to have everyone else on the internet tell you? Apparently it was something Final Fantasy related, <laughs> but I wouldn't have a clue about that shit. Yeah, so this was apparently Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII or something. Like, dude, to me, this was one of Kenny's worst Wrestle Kingdom entrances because it took me, like, three days to realise what the fuck this was. <laughs> like, dude, just play one wing angel fucking in the Tokyo Dome instead we're going to have beep, 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 violins. No, fuck that. Okay, okay. We done? We done? Okay, we got it. No use dash. You happy? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this match, you know, it was all right. Could have done a bit more stuff in it. A lot of headlocks and rest spots, you know. I found it pretty boring. What about yourself? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, this match was shit house. <laughs> <laughs> um, fucking giant Gonzalez and Undertaker. Uh, no, no, this was... Uh, Without a doubt, 
one of the best matches I've seen in my fucking life. <laughs> yeah. One of. Oh, I wouldn't say it's the best, but it's one of for sure. I'd have to go back and watch those Omega Okada matches, but for me, it is a front runner for match of the year so far. Uh, Eleven Hot days. Hot take. In. Better than any of the Omega Okada matches. Yeah, I'm biased with those because I got to see Omega, Okada, like, face off against each other in Festival Hall during a six-man tag. Oh, yeah. Like, admittedly, it's a six-man tag, and they, like, were both legal for, like, maybe two minutes, but that's where me bias comes in for that. But, um, yeah, definitely front-runner match of the year. Definitely one of the best matches since 2019. Which is what started the pandemic. And as soon as Kenny comes out, it felt like a different Kenny. It felt like the Kenny we all fell in love with again. Oh, absolutely. It felt like this is the Kenny that we should have seen um, in AEW as his championship run. Yeah, I, I didn't hate Kenny's t- like uh, championship heel persona. But this is a form of Kenny we haven't seen in AEW yet. We haven't seen a proper cleaner Kenny Omega in AEW yet, and I would like to see it at some point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, For me, as I'm just having a quick look here, uh, for me, the, uh, the match was amazing, and Will getting busted. What was it? A DDT off the top rope where he fell? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's just sitting in a pool of blood on the floor. Let's be real. Fucking most of the spots in this match were like, fuck, should they be doing this? (laughs) Knowing Will's neck history? Probably not. (laughs) The uh, table across the back and the Kenny stomp, which goes through the table and hits Will in the kidneys. Yeah. And then the, here's Kenny. (laughs) Image oh, that just got um, circulated for days. Uh, yeah, what the best. Um, yeah, yeah, really good match. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend you going and checking it out. Um, oh boy, yeah. Uh, they were put it's, in a... it's the first time I've seen Kenny in a singles match since he lost the belt, by the way. Since he lost the AEW title. Yeah. Um, okay, give me one sec. I'll load up his cage match and just confirm that because... I'm pretty sure because he strictly came back for the trios belts. Uh, matches. So, uh, Kenny lost to Paige. Trios match, trios match, trios, trios, trios. So it's just been trios in... um. In AEW. Then he did this match, which is a singles, and then he does the match on um, New Year's Dash, which is a tag. So, yeah, this was his only singles match since he lost the title to Hangman Page in November of 2021. Unreal, right? Yeah. Wow, you were good. He he didn't have a single singles match in 2022. You are on board today for your stats, I must say. Um, (laughs) 
but for me, the result shocked me in the moment. I thought, oh, this is going to be Will's time to finally surpass Kenny, you know, finally become that person who, like, becomes one of those pillars of the current New Japan scene. And yeah. he, he loses to Kenny. And in the moment, I thought it was the wrong result, but like a few days, no, a week removed, I think it's the right result. Think about it. It's full circle. It's full circle with Kenny because they kept talking about how huge Jericho versus Omega was. What was Omega's role in the Jericho match? It was defending, being the gaijin, defending New Japan against this outsider coming in. Yeah. And now it's full circle because Kenny is that outsider coming in. He he is the Jericho now. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and that's... And, you know, they put the IC belt on that version of Jericho because they knew that there's heat there. And now Omega's going to be this heel, like, outsider in New Japan, although he didn't really get presented like that at New Year's Dash. <laughs> No. But that was the entire story of this match in particular. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does Omega come out on AEW tomorrow with the IWGP US title? I don't think so. Because I didn't mention it on AEW last week that Kenny was in Japan or FTR went to Japan. I mean, the Guns mentioned it in their eulogy that they lost the titles, but... That's, That's the only about. mention. I mean, yeah. I think they would. I think he would because they are supposed to be having this working partnership. Yeah, but I don't know. It's a ladder match on um on Wednesday at Dynamite. So isn't it something Spanish Excalibur said like seven times that Taz had trouble saying? Or is that what it's supposed to be? Oop, did I lose Alex? Maybe. Give no, I, I muted myself like an idiot. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, no. Um, Escalara de la Muertes. Yes, that. Stairway of Death. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, because they used to have an ECW, what they call it, the Stairway to Heaven match, or the Stairway to Hell, Stairway to Hell. Yep. And it's kind of a play on that. And they first, the first ladder match they ever did in AEW was Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks, Escalera de la Muertes. That I might the... be pronouncing it somewhat incorrectly, but I'm close. You're doing better than me, mate. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, just looking at the. Uh... Announced matches here for this is at uh, Los Angeles at the Kira Forum. You got Danielson versus Takeshka. Yeah. You got Hawk and Jungle Boy teaming to versus the firm Big Bill and Lee Moriarty. Big Bill. Big Bill. Moxley versus Hangman Page. Yep. Uh, the trios match of Death Triangle versus the Elite. Match seven. Winner of this match wins the series. And Soraya here. 
with Tony Storm taking on the team of uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Jamie Hayter. Unreal. Yeah. I think I think we do see Monet appear. But, um, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we go on to our main event, uh, which sees match number 12, Jay White with Gato defending the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, taking on Kazuchika Okada. I mean, before the bell rang, given this is the 50th anniversary, Okada's in the role of Anoki, and Anoki had passed away. I think we all knew the result of this match. I mean, yeah, we did. Um, doesn't mean I, I had to like it. <laughs> I, I, I get that, you know, it was a tribute to Anoki, but I think there's other people they could have chosen to be the new Anoki. Ren, um, get in there. <laughs> That's how it, isn't that how Anoki debuted? He shock-defeated, um, returning from excursion, he shock-defeated Tanahashi um, at the Dome. Who, Okada? Yeah, Okada yeah. went to return from excursion to TNA with Samoa Joe. Yeah, yeah, he just came back and beat Tanahashi. <laughs> and, and if you think about it, that's kind of what they did with Jay White. Yeah. He came back and fucking beat Tanahashi, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he did. Oh. At his worst first Wrestle Kingdom. Um Yeah. But um Jay yeah, White. Th- this match had the unfortunate privilege of following Osprey and Omega and my interest levels were gone. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And like I-, I can't even tell you what happened in this match. I'm sure it was a good match, because obviously Okada's one of the best of all time. <laughs> Um, and Jay White's a pretty fucking decent wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> but how do you follow Omega Osprey? You don't. You shouldn't. Fucking yeah. just have fucking Okada come out afterwards after Omega's left the ring. And just yeah. be like, well, we're not ending with that. We're not ending with that. We're ending with a itch, knee, son, da. Fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it. I'll I'll challenge Jay at a uh, New Year's Dash. See you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, fucking no. They should have done that. Um, but yeah, it was. You know, it it was a tough spot to be put in, and I I don't know. Wrestle Kingdom main events haven't really lived up to the hype for a few years. Yeah, I think that was mainly because of night one. You have champion versus challenger but night two there's another challenger who's going to verse whichever champion wins on night one i'm still scarred from like who was it abushi and jay white that went for like 70 minutes oh hang on i can find that for you in a moment but um yeah this this uh wrestle kingdom main event uh it suffered from the result being known on paper given the year the Anoki Memorial, White being the heel, Okada being the face. So it suffered from that, and it suffered from, um, yeah, just not being a very, uh, having to follow, sorry, a very, very big um, match. Now, what would you say? 
Yeah, I think it was Ibushi and Jay White, Wrestle Kingdom. Um, uh, I think 15. Probably 15. 45 minutes and eight, uh, five seconds. 48 minutes, five seconds. No, surely not. It was only that, but it was like the longest Tokyo Dome main event of all time, and that was the hype around it. Um, maybe, hang on. Give me, give me okay. a minute, humans. I think um, for myself, Wrestle Kingdom being one night, hell of a lot better. Hell of a lot better. I mean, yes, you have night two, which is New Japan versus Noah, but night one, hell of a lot better. Yeah. Uh, as Alex tries to find the longest ever main event Wrestle Kingdom match. Yeah, that, no, it was that Jay White match. <laughs> That's the longest ever Tokyo Dome main event. Yeah. I uh, think it felt longer than 45 minutes, I'll tell you that. Um, but, yeah, it checks out. Fuck me, I thought it was 70. <laughs> did suffer from those two-day Wrestle Kingdom shows. Like, yes, this year the second day is, like, three weeks later and it's a co-promotion show but it's it's more or less new beginning featuring Noah than it is Wrestle Kingdom yeah. and Dash back this year did help it helps that everything is more concise you don't need to chuck everything onto Wrestle Kingdom you don't need Suzuki and Ishii in a singles match even though it'd be great you don't need that uh, should no. we chat Oh, how many beers for Wrestle Kingdom for you? Oh, you know what? Uh, despite Mercedes doing her best to knock it down a peg, I, I think it was still a five-beer show. Yeah, I said five beers. A lot of that was the um, Anoki uh, touches throughout the show, both Fujinami and Okada closing out the um, the pre-show and the main event. With the uh, Ichni Sanda. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the various Anoki uh, clips and music Ke at the Ke show. Kevin Kelly ending the broadcast by saying, The spirit of Anoki lives inside of us all. <laughs> yes, it's like, like a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck? Um, I mean, I'm sure we can uh, ring up Ren Narita and Gam to slap us. <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> uh, oh fuck but um i forgot to say did you see the press conference from the day before uh will osprey and omega yeah 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 that was a really good that's probably one of will's best promos he's done the entire fucking omega osprey portion of that press conference <laughs> omega coming out and we all know he speaks perfectly fluent fucking english but he's playing a heel to the international audience as well by speaking in Japanese the entire time and then getting a Japanese girl to translate what he said back to English. <laughs> fucking brilliant. It was so good. And then Osprey's fucking promo was over the top and amazing. Don Callis had one of the most, one of my favorite lines ever. Um, I did take note of it, but Ooh. it was 
Yeah, because I'll just give me point two of a second here, because I just need a, a keyword search Don Callis in my sent messages to my wrestling group. Yeah, here we go. You know, Kenny. Oh, okay, this is excited. You know, Kenny, it's been a few years since Kenny left Japan. I remember that day well because it was raining. It had never rained in Japan before. Legend has it that it was raining because God was crying because Kenny Omega was leaving Japan. (laughs) Uh. Fucking amazing. Um, But there was like this portion during the Osprey promo where like Ibushi got injured in that match against Osprey, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ibushi. The Ibushi Osprey match at uh, Wrestle Kingdom where Ibushi injures his neck, and I'm pretty sure Will is pretty banged up afterwards as well. Yeah, and uh, Osprey says to Omega, I'm sorry what happened to him, I, but it was just business or whatever. I know you told me to look after him, but I had to do what I had to do, and I'm going to do it to you too. And I thought that was such great storytelling because... That's why Omega's here, because of what Osprey did to Ibushi. And it's so fucking great. It's great storytelling. And, yeah. and because they alluded to it, when there was that portion in the match where all the United Empire are fucking surrounding Kenny outside the ring, I was like, oh, fuck. Ibushi's coming out. But unfortunately, he didn't. <laughs> no, well, there's uh, various... Uh reasons behind yeah. the thing for yeah, that. But, what? but they're bringing him up. They're teasing me, man. <laughs> and, yeah, and I'd love to know the fu- fucking latest update on Ibushi, but who knows? Um, well, well uh, we've seen uh, a lot of times New Japan just lets their wrestlers say whatever they want. Like, in that Carl Anderson um, Tama Tonga match, there was so many uh, swears dropped. There was a press conference where Jay's champion where he's backstage and all he says is fuck nine times. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's still pretty much uh, whatever the foreign that, wrestlers want to say. That Jay White promo was fucking amazing, though. <laughs> the, the way he said fuck those nine times. <laughs> like, like, I know, like, I should have given a promo of the year. Yeah, no, it was, it was actually perfect for that situation. It was great. And it proves it doesn't matter what you say, it's how you say it. (laughs) Oh, man. I suppose, uh, speaking of that, should we uh, touch on New Year's Dash quickly before we wrap things up? Yes. Okay, so uh, as is tradition with New Year's Dash, the card is secret until the wrestlers are in the ring and the bell rings. So opening contest sees uh, Toniaki Honma Tiger Mask and Ren Narita facing House of Torture, Evil, Yujiro Takahashi, and Dick to Go, with uh, House of Torture getting the win in eight minutes. Following that, Taichi, Yoshinobu Katamaru, and Doki with Taka Mishinoshu ringside defeat United Empire members Will Ospreay, TJP, and Francisco Akira with Taka saying, We are just. Four guys. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, we can talk about Suzuki Gun a little bit more afterwards and uh, what's going to happen with them. We see 
Chaos, Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi defeated by TMDK, Zack Sabre Jr., Mikey Nichols, and Shane Haste. And uh, afterwards, Zack goes and approaches a young boy and uh, says, young boy, you're now a member of TMDK. Yeah. Uh, Fuji Vegeta? I think that's how you say it. Vegeta? Kosei Vegeta, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so he's just a young line, still in the uh, stable, hasn't gone on an excursion. So uh, not much known about him, but uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, following that, match number four of the night saw an eight man tag of Los Ingobernables de Japon, Naito, Sanada, Bushi, and Hiromu taking on Shoto Imano, Togi Makabe, Ruisuke Taguchi, and Yo, with the team of Shota getting the win there. Uh, match number five saw Gorillas of Destiny, Hikalelu and Tomatonga along with Hiroshi Tanahashi and Master Wado defeat Bullet Club members Al Fantasmo, Jay White, Kenta and Taiji Ishimori via disqualification when um, Jay White kept on attacking, um, I think it was Hikalelu with a steel chair and afterwards yeah. goes, me versus you, loser leaves Japan. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, shit, J-Wide's leaving. And then, like, a couple of days later, the Fightful Select report that, um, yeah, WWE has heavy interest in Hiku Leo. Ooh. So, who knows? Um, yeah. And plus, WWE have had Tonga Loa before. Like, who can forget? Hunico and Camacho. <laughs> oh. But they haven't had Hikuleu and they haven't had uh, Tamatonga. So but, you're saying uh, if they get them, it's a return of Hunika and Camacho, just new members. I would like to see G.O.D. versus the Usos. Well, get all three of them. Get Hikuleu back. You can have the Usos and Solo versus G.O.D. and Hikuleu. Fuck, that'd be good. Yeah, see? That'd see? be so good. You have he, uh, Solo Actually, and Hikaleo. Actually, fucking WWE, bring in Jay Watt as well with G.O.D. We'll pretend, that the past, we'll pretend that the past couple of years didn't happen and they're just still mates. Isn't that what they did with uh, uh, Good Brothers for a while with Finn? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and no. AJ. Oh, yeah, and then once I'm teaming with him, then I went back to AJ, and now the bad blood there was with AJ. Jesus. Yeah, because the last they were seen, the last AJ was seen on New Japan, he was beaten down by the Good Brothers. <laughs> and then the next time you see the Good Brothers again, is they're teaming with AJ in WWE. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's not canon. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, and then... Uh, following that co-main event of the evening, the provisional King of Pro Wrestling Championship, Shingo defeats Sho, Grado Khan, and Toriyanu. And I suppose we forgot to mention it, but uh, before Okada closed out the show, Shingo came out and confronted Okada at uh, Wrestle Kingdom. And you're thinking, okay, maybe Shingo won't win King of Pro Wrestling and uh, he'll just go on to face Okada because he's above King of Pro Wrestling. 
nope, he wins this match. And you're just like, oh, okay, well, I guess Shingo's stuck in King of Pro Wrestling for a while. But uh, our tag team main event saw the team of United Empire, Aaron Hanare, and Jeff Cobb to face off against Kenny Omega and his tag team partner, Kazuchika Okada? <laughs> the chat here... Uh, Apologies for technical difficulties. We are doing our best with the window that we have because of crappy internet connections. Yes. Blame Telstra and their shitty Australian internet. Anyhow, uh, main event of the evening I was saying was uh, the United Empire, Aaron Hanare and Jeff Cobb versus Kazushiko Carter and Kenny Omega. Uh, did not see this coming. Okay, I said uh, we saw... Kenny and Okada team together. Any thoughts, Alex? Oh, I'll tell you what. Uh, I fucking popped huge. I, th- I did think there was a possibility. I did think there was a huge possibility that that was about to happen. But fuck me, it was still awesome. It was just... And, like, Kenny's look on his face when Okada came out and Okada's look at Kenny when... Okada realizes who he's teaming up with. Fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's something I think United Empire wasn't expecting either, like on their faces at least for the crowd. It's just like, what? <laughs> yeah, it, it's so well done. Um, it's fantastic. And as I mentioned to you, uh, I think I was put it in a comment on your recent Twitch stream. Uh, two nights in a row of New Japan shows being headlined by Akili. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Hanare here getting a bit of shine uh, against Okada and Omega. I mean, your boy didn't get the, the pin here. They took the pin. <laughs> but um, it is interesting to see what uh, how highly they think of Aaron Hanare to at least put him in this position. They're giving him a chance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One, of, I guess he's one of the the students of the Farway Dojo, along with your, your Jay White. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they happened. Uh, did you notice Kenny's big shiner as he came out? Oh, fucking monstrous. Yeah. <laughs> That'll uh, be covered up come uh, Dynamite tomorrow, I'm sure. I hope not. I hope <laughs> they actually make it part of the match. Like, uh, his eye. like Becky when Raw and SmackDown used to be uh, on Monday and Tuesday and there was that night they invaded Raw and night Jack's busted her open and then the next night on SmackDown she's got a big black eye. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I suppose, closing it out, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, New Year's Dash? Uh, thumbs up. There was some interesting storyline developments. Yeah, I agree too. Uh, I suppose, speaking of storyline developments, Suzuki-gun. So we have, what is it, uh, just four guys, which is Taichi, Yoshinabu, Katamaru, Doki, and Takamichi Noku. That's the best way to describe those four guys. They're just four guys. <laughs> I thought we'd have a Tai Chi gun coming out of that, but okay. Then we have TMDK with Zack Sabre Jr. joining that, so there's another former Suzuki gun member. I'm calling it uh, Wrestle Kingdom next year. It's Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tai Chi. 
Okay. I, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Zach Iver changing from TV champ to a, a US champ or never champ and challenging Tai Chi or vice versa. I, I uh, think Zach keeps the belt for a while and that's your New Japan television title match for Wrestle Kingdom. Former tag partners collide. They've gone off from underneath Suzuki's wing and they've formed their own things and inevitably their stables collided. I suppose... Say say you set it up in a fucking G1. True, true. I suppose, speaking of members who aren't out from under Suzuki's wing, Despy. Yeah, so what's the... I I actually missed a bit of this, so I went to the toilet and came back and Suzuki was in the ring with uh, Narita, uh, I think. Yeah, I sort of missed most of that part. Yeah, so House of Torture, because... um, House of Torture were beating down on Ren and they took out Honma and Tiger Mask on the outside so they were just attacking Ren in the ring Suzuki came down with Despy to make the save and uh, House of Torture retreat so it looks like um, Despy and Suzuki are still together and maybe Ren will uh, join their little unit Yeah and probably babyface Suzuki by the looks of things I don't hate it I'll tell you what I do hate about it. Yeah. House of Torture. <laughs> I mean, aren't they just New Japan's version of Judgment Day? Uh, I mean, Judgment Day has highlights, such as, um, uh, since we haven't talked about any WWE on-screen shit, Dominic Mysterio's recent fucking thing where he just... <laughs> Went to prison, or he went to quote unquote prison <laughs> and got arrested. And then all of a sudden, he's got a teardrop tattoo on his face. <laughs> and then he's coming out on Raw with like, with a, flan- a flanny on, and he's just got the one button done up at the top, acting like a cholo from back in the day, looking like K Dog 97, like Conan, <laughs> and, and talking about how some of the shit he's seen when he was in the joint and then even Miz is like hey I, I heard that you were only in you weren't in a natural prison you're in county jail and you were there for three hours what are you doing <laughs> he's like no no I was in the joint I was in the joint <laughs> like the Dominic Mysterio Rhea Ripley shit that's actually fucking great and I will fucking I will slap the face of any man that compares evil and dick to go to fucking Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio. Yeah. Perhaps, well, perhaps you can compare Finn Balor and Damien Priest to Evil and Dick to go, but fuck me, Dominic Mysterio is becoming a star and I never thought I would see the day. <laughs> Absolutely. I suppose uh, the other Suzuki Gun member, Lance Archer, is just going to go back to AEW and not really do much. But I suppose, yeah. uh, speaking of things we haven't had a chance to talk on, your thoughts on a Jonah going to WWE and the crowd being so quiet you could hear a pin drop? That's the problem when you debut people that have only been on the developmental brand. I'd argue it's a problem of having so many returns in the last six months. And what have what's happened with any of those returns? Fucking nothing. 
Like, even Bray Wyatt's just spinning his fucking wheels, like, trying to elongate a fucking story that, that's losing interest. Um, yeah, Bray's another thing to Uncle me. Howdy? Who's Uncle Dowdy? Who's Uncle, Uncle fucking Hanky? Fucking hell. Like, who, who howdy ho! Yeah, who's fucking Uncle he- Howdy Ho? I'm the Christmas poo. Like, oh, fuck me. Just fucking tell the story already. Oh, yeah. we're going to have a fucking Mountain Dew fucking pitch black match at the Royal Rumble? What the fuck is that? A new Mountain Dew flavor? Yeah, we're having a Mountain Dew pitch black match with fucking LA Knight. Yeah, who's actually carried this feud, by the way. And Bray Wyatt. He's had still a lot of carrying. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's the point is, and then you look at Karrion Cross. What's he done since he come back? He's now in a feud with fucking Madcap Moss and Emma. Like, yeah, Emma's back, but okay. yeah, she's done nothing. Uh, and oh yeah, it's down in Jew pitch black match. The only person that they've actually done shit with since they've come back, there's two people. It's fucking. Of all people, it's Dexter Loomis and Dakota Kai. Dakota, yes. Dexter, I mean, it was a slow start, but they've done stuff, yeah. Yeah. Like, they've probably been the most successful returnees. Like, even Johnny Gargano's done fuck all since he came back. Yeah. Um, Should have gone to 205 Live. Yeah. And, like, Candice LeRae's done shit all. Like, yeah. Oh, go on. Just go on and on. I hit Rose heel now. Does anyone care? No. No one cares. Because if you're in a fucking heel tag team whilst the Usos are on their reign of terror, that means that you're nothing. The best spot you want to be as a tag team whilst the Usos have those belts is being a babyface. Yeah. Yeah, because there's fucking... You get like, like, undercard or, like, non-title tag feuds are basically non-existent always in WWE. So, if you're a heel tag team and you're not the Usos... Guess what? You're getting fuck all. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be true too. Uh, I'm just um, having. But I'm quick... excited for the revival versus the Usos at WrestleMania. Are you excited for Josh Alexander versus Bully Ray in a full metal mayhem match this weekend from Atlanta, Georgia? <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, let's run down this card. I have no idea what's on it, so tell me. Okay, Hard to Kill, uh, pre-show oh, match. Never been more adapted, adapted words to impact wrestling than <laughs> Hard to Kill. Pre-show match of the Death Dolls, Jessica, Rosemary, and Ty Valkyrie versus Giselle Shaw, Savannah Evans, and Tasha Steeles in a six-knockouts tag team match. Fucking hell. Okay. Uh, what about a six-way match on the pre-show that sees Angels... Uh, Jahir Kashida. Oh, Kashida's wrestling in Impact? Okay. Mike Bailey, 
Mike Jackson and Yuya Yuramura. Yes, that's where Yuramura has gone for his excursion. Okay. All right. Impact have a great history of New Japan wrestlers going on excursions there. Yeah. Uh, then on the main card, this isn't listed in any order. Josh Alexander versus Bully Ray in a full medal mayhem match for the world championship. Sure. Jordan Grace versus Mickey James in a title versus career match where Mickey James' career is on the line and Jordan Grace's impacts world championships on the line. Okay. Jonathan Gresham versus Eddie Edwards in a singles match. Okay. Right, at, least, at least they got Jonathan Gresham now. At least they got something to do with fucking number 20 in the world or whatever. <laughs> The Motor City Machine Guns, the champions, versus Heath and Rhino, the major players, and Bullet Club members Ace Austin and Chris Bay in a four-way elimination tag match for the Impact Tag Team Championship. Uh, new, recently re-signed a renewed contract with Impact Wrestling, Brian Myers. Yay! Um, yeah, uh, but I don't think the major players are going to win this. Oh. Rumble, rumble, rumble. <clears throat> uh, we see Trey Miguel, the defending X Division champion, taking on Black Taurus. Mm-hmm. If it's anything like their last X Division match, it should be pretty good. Uh, we see a four way match to determine the number one contender to the Knockouts World Championship that'll see Diana Perazzo face Killer Kelly versus. Masha Slamovich versus Taylor Wilde. Actually, I should have given Masha Slamovich an uh, honourable mention for Rising Star Female, by the way. Isn't she on the introduction to the Smack It Down podcast? Yeah, uh, Jay Silver's like in regular contact with her. <laughs> uh, She's uh, like, oh, d- do, do you want some Masha Slamovich like, sign stuff? I'm like, yeah, send it to me. It's going to be worth a bit in a couple of years. Uh, match number nine advertised is I Believe in Joe Hendry. No? Oh, good. Joe Hendry's back in Impact. Awesome. Oh, I haven't watched it in ages. As digital media champ taking on Moose. <laughs> oh, how the Moose have fallen, huh? Yeah, Moose is a guy who would be great in um, AEW as your TNT champion or WWE as your IC champion. I think Moose needs to be in WWE. Mm. Bring him in for the Rumble. Why not? And uh, so, Go on. So I think, since you brought up the Rumble again, I think Matt Cardona is going to be in the Rumble but he's going to be this year's Mickey James. Ooh. Uh, rounding out the card here, sees Rich Wants versus Steve Macklin from, was it? Uh, what the hell was their faction? With uh, Eric Young. Forgotten Sons. No, no, the one with Eric Young in um, Impact. Uh, Violent by Design? Yes, that one, Violent by Design, in a Falls Count Anywhere match. So rest of Violent by Design will probably get involved in that. Um, there hasn't been much update on the Eric Young front since he got murdered. (laughs) 
Well, these things take time, you know. You got to go to the coroner's office, and you got to wait for toxicology reports. And <laughs> holy fuck, I just realised something. It was Dana that stabbed him, right? Yeah. Do you remember Dana's first run in Impact? Uh, no. As as Cody Dana with the mullet, and it was the redneck fucking uh, husband of ODB. Oh, I do now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you do you remember who fucking ODB used to be fucking knockouts and tag champs with? Eric Young. Mm, maybe Cody Dana's been planning this for years after. After his storyline with ODB went to nothing and ODB moved on to Eric Young and Cody Dean has been planning the murder of Eric Young for years. Yeah, maybe. Oh, boy. Uh, this is <laughs> fun as ever, man. Uh, where can the good humans catch you and the SmackDown podcast? Uh, you can find me... Uh, you find the fucking Smack It Down podcast. Find that first. Uh, at Smack It Down Pod on Twitter. Search us up on wherever you get podcasts. Smack It Down podcast. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, at Fruity is Alex. Uh, I'm, I'm like you follow on Instagram. Fun and personal. Yes. Uh, and you can find us at WrestleOddStar with an AUS Instagram, Twitter. Search us up on Facebook. WrestlingOddStar. You can find Chris at. I'm Chris Funder, or come watch me on Twitch at Chris Funder. Uh, you go back and listen to the entire Wrestling All-Star archive with over 275 hours and over 200 episodes. Yes, I did a check recently. We have hit over 275 hours. Fucking hell. Okay, with that being said, go back and listen to SoundCloud, uh, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts or using the RSS feed found the show notes below, including you can add that to Apple. Nothing left safe, but good day and we'll speak to you next time. Dana's been planning this for years. And yeah. It's all because of ODB. Oh, damn, Dana. That was terrible. <laughs> that sucked. Oh, you son of a bitch.
So, uh, I heard you went to the movies. Mate, I endured the movies. Yes, what's this new term you've come up with? Oh, hang on. What was it? I forgot now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Stock film? Oh, stock film syndrome, yes. When you're you're stuck in a movie for so long that you kind of convince yourself that it's actually not bad because you've invested so much time into being in the cinema. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, so what was said film that made you <laughs> feel like this? Avatar 2, Way of the Water. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um. <laughs> Yeah, give give me raw any day of the week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for yeah. me, I have a Go film on. like that that I've seen, and I just went, "Why the fuck did I pay to see this? This is shit." And that would be Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Oh like, dear, <laughs> have you seen this? <laughs> uh, I've seen them. Yeah, I watched them all in pretty much close succession recent uh, a couple of years back, and I do not remember a single thing from any of them. Where they start out on some planet, and then it's like in 24 hours, Kylo Ren's gonna blow up the galaxy, and have to go and find this magic triangle thingy to plug into yes. a ship, and then yes. they spend half the film finding it, and then they find it. And then Kylo Ren destroys it. I'm just like, what the fuck? Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. A lot more I could go on about that movie, but it just felt like, let's spend the first two hours of this movie just wasting time. Yep. Basically. Uh, yeah. Do better cinema. Bring out more Australian movies that actually mean something like Mad Max and Crocodile Dundee <laughs> and... I don't know, that 2003 Ned Kelly movie with Orlando Bloom in it for some reason. Yes. Oh, man, that was actually a banger, though. Mm. Okay. On to oh, man. Had, hand. I, I, so are you going to go see Avatar 2 or what? <laughs> I haven't even seen Avatar 1, so that's a big no. Yeah, no, movies that are based around the fact that, hey, our graphics are good means that there's no fucking story. We do not need a two-hour-long final battle scene. Fuck off, James Cameron, you fucking self-indulgent prick. Oh. We know we know it was a cash grab. What was the movie, other movie I went and saw like that with my ex? Um, uh, what's it called? I didn't what even know you had what? an ex. There you go. <laughs> yeah, different one. Anyway, Twilight <laughs> 5. And it's like a big battle scene and it goes on for a while in the movie and it turns out that it was like some dream premonition sequence and I'm just like, okay. It was. And they're like, what do you think of the movie? I'm like, it was good, sweetie. Uh, I I recently <laughs> walked in on Eliza watching a Twilight movie like two weeks ago and I was like, Liza's everything okay? <laughs> <laughs> Like, no one watches this shit if they're in a good mood. Come on. Good Edward, he's so sparkly. I'm Team Jacob all the way. (laughs) (laughs) 